0: Back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it on Yahoo Sports Radio. I want
1: winners. Well, our first guest is a winner. He's the all-time leading passer of the Carolina Panthers and a quarterback whose chance might never have come were it not for NFL Europe. Jake Delhomme. Took a team to the World Bowl before he ever took the Panthers to the Super Bowl and drafted out of Louisiana Lafayette in 1997. Jake signed with New Orleans but didn't throw an NFL pass for three years. Instead, the Saints shipped him off to NFL Europe for consecutive springs, where he served as a backup quarterback for the Amsterdam Admirals in 1998 and a starting quarterback for the NFL Europe champion Frankfurt Galaxy in 1999. He spent the next four seasons as a backup of the Saints before signing with Carolina in 2003. You know what happened there? He took the Panthers to the Super Bowl. Jake Delhomme, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Jake, your first year
2: in Europe was an interesting one, both from a culture and a football standpoint. You know, let's start with the cultural perspective. Amsterdam and then Frankfurt is a long way from your hometown of Brobridge, Louisiana. What was the most difficult part of your adjustment playing halfway around the world?
0: I think the biggest thing was probably uh, the food and <laughs> the pregame meals and things of that nature. Um, uh, you're used to eating, um, you know, certain types of food and things of that nature, so you, you, you're you kind of adjusting to their culture. But, I mean, literally, as I know in Frankfurt, we'd have, supposedly, have, like, baked chicken breast before games, and, and a few other things, like the french fries, and I vividly remember the chicken breast being just not cooked, so most of us would eat just french fries before we go <laughs> for a game, so that was a uh, a big adjustment. It was not one that we wanted, so to speak, but uh, we just had to make do and adjust, so we did eat some of the, um, some of the food uh, that is, you know, for those cultures that, that they eat and things like that. But we're very spoiled. So I know from, for me, coming from uh, the United States and also coming from Louisiana, where we like to think that we, uh, we cook pretty well. So that was somewhat of an adjustment, I will say.
1: But they didn't have gumbo over there?
0: No, unfortunately they did not have gumbo. And if they would have uh, had that on the menu, I'm not quite sure I would have uh, even even tried it. I would, I would have tried to play it safe.
3: Well, I can verify the food's good in Louisiana because I've gotten fat eating it. that's for sure, over the years. But I'm wondering, uh, you know, your first spring in in Amsterdam, you spent the season as a backup to another small college uh, unknown quarterback, Kurt Warner. I'm wondering how did competing with Warner benefit you, and did you see in him at that time what the NFL would see actually a short time later?
0: Well, I was probably maybe not smart enough to know exactly what I was seeing uh, maybe at that time. Uh, I was 21 years old. Maybe I had just turned 22. But I knew I, I was playing with a quarterback, one that was a fantastic person, first and foremost. But two, someone that was extremely, extremely accurate with the football and would make very quick decisions. And that was something that I was always very impressed with with Kirk. But what made me impressed, oh, so impressed with him even more is that he never blinked uh, during the course of a game. There was never a time when that, If a receiver, every other series in NFL Europe, you have to play a national player. So we would have our national player was one of our receivers. And so, you know, his skill level was a little bit less than some of the other players. And I vividly remember Kurt throwing an interception on a glance on a skinny post. And the receiver didn't break and come across the defender's face. And it was, it was the right read. It was, everything was supposed to be there. And the guy, the receiver just didn't do it. Well, fast forward about four series later, the play is dialed up again. and It's that same exact player in the game. Well, sure enough, Kurt never hesitated one bit, and that was the read, and he made the throw and hit the guy directly between the numbers. And that was just kind of like, hey, there was no fear in Kurt. This is what you're supposed to do. This, you're gonna do it, and I'm gonna throw it. You know, so he wasn't afraid to make the big throw in the big and, and the big spot. Uh, during the course of the game.
1: We're with Jake DeLome on the Talk of Fame Network, and Jake, uh, you started in your second season with Frankfurt. Uh, I think actually you split time with former Cal star Pat Barnes, but I'm just wondering, how important was it for you to to finally get on a pro football field and to take some snaps and really throw passes in a game situation?
0: It was huge. You know, uh, in the NFL, there's five linemen play at one time. You can have two running backs on the field one time, two tight ends. Uh, You know, obviously you can go with you know, four wide receivers, but it's obviously only one quarterback. And that's the biggest thing I know for myself. It was just getting ripped. Um, And that's something that NFL Europe, I was able to play in two-minute situations before the half. Two-minute situations at the end of the game. Bleeding the clock on a four-minute situation when you have the lead at the end of the game. All those little things that go into it. Uh, when to use certain hard count hard count procedures uh, on, on a third and four, a crucial point in the game, and, and things like that. Those are all the little nuances that quarterback in Auckland is craft, and that's what NFL Europe allowed someone like myself to do because my reps were few and far between when I was back in the States with the Saints. So I was the third-slash-fourth guy on the roster, so it wasn't like I was getting a ton of reps in practice and in the preseason anyway. Jake,
2: you threw a touchdown pass to help Frankfurt beat Barcelona 38-24 in the 1999 World Bowl before a crowd of almost 40,000 in Dusseldorf. How important was that game and that achievement in your development as a pro quarterback?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing was that was the end of the year. You know, it was for the World Bowl Championship. You know, what does that mean? Well, I know for us, it meant we were going to win our league. You know, so it was the most important game because it was the last game and we were playing. Um, So, I mean, I think that's how we approached it. And uh, obviously, there was a very good crowd there for NFL Europe standards. Um, And I was able to, you know, have a pretty good game along with Pat and we were able to win the World Bowl. So, it just kind of helps. You want to win any time you play something. And that was just a, a part of the, uh, I guess, maturation process for myself as a quarterback, is being a part of a champion and part of a winner. I
3: wonder if you could compare uh, for us, Jake, uh, playing in that game, the World Bowl game, you're playing for the championship of the league that you're in at that moment, and uh, not that much later in the year, uh, you're starting in the NFL and you're beating the Cowboys' ears back. Could you compare those two at all for, for a young guy like you were?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing was that, well, Look, the speed of the game is different. You know, NFL Europe I I'd always equate it to, you know, in essence like um I would say more so the fourth quarter of a NFL preseason game when you have a lot of the, the guys trying to make the team and uh some guys that will never make it in the NFL, uh and then other guys that will will make it in the NFL. So it's kind of a kind of a mixed match of uh of players. But uh but being able to play a little later on in that year, starting a game against the Cowboys, which uh you know, they still had some solid players. Darren Woodson was a safety, Dion was still one of the cornerbacks and, and things like that. So um, I know it was it was huge for me to get an opportunity to play and uh, we were able to have a good game that day and, uh, and beat Dallas, because we certainly were not a good football team in New Orleans. We were 2-12 and going into that game, and Dallas actually uh, was still uh, in the hunt for the playoffs. So they had something to play for, and we did, but... I think the biggest thing you just learned, hey, it's just football, but I was surrounded by better players uh, you know, around me than I was at NFL Europe, you know, six, seven, eight months prior to
1: that. We talked with former quarterback Jake Deloma on the Talk of Fame Network and Jake, I wanna to go to the two thousand three season and the Super Bowl that completed that season when you took the Panthers into that game against New England. Do you find it ironic that when you finally got there that you took that team in meaning the two thousand three Panthers to a game that they'd never been to, and they haven't been to since, but when you got there, you got beaten by another NFL Europe alum, and that would be Adam Vinatieri with the game-winning field goal?
0: You know, it's funny you say that. I uh, you, you forget Adam Vinatieri was the NFL, you know, Europe alum, because uh, he's been kicking for so long, but, uh, you know, I always both NFL Europe guys, because um, you know, we were one of the ones, I think it was a, it's a very small fraternity of guys that it, basically were saying, listen, you're not good enough, go play minor league, you know, and we'll give you a little shot. Uh, and that's kind of the mentality I think most of us had that went over to NFL Europe. But uh, but certainly there was one time I wanted him to at least shank one kick in a big situation. But uh, it's something that he doesn't believe in doing. So, uh, um, you know, I guess now that I look back, you know, 12 years later since that season, um, you know, happy for his success. But, gosh, it would have been nicer and at least missed one in, uh, in, in, uh, in crunch time.
2: Jake, we mentioned Kurt Warner. Brad Johnson also came out of the NFL Europe to win a Super Bowl. You became a Pro Bowl quarterback, and both John Kitten and Scott Mitchell became accomplished starters in the NFL. Do you think there is is there still a need for a league like NFL Europe to develop specifically young quarterbacks?
0: Absolutely, believe Rick. I, I um I think when you watch today, I know the college game. The college game is so different uh, than from when I played. You know, twenty years ago, uh, eighteen years ago, whatever it may be. You know, uh, this zone read stuff that the NFL, there's some success. It, it doesn't truly translate. All these quarterbacks that are very successful in college, they struggle mightily, uh, in the pro game. I just think the passing, uh, the passing game for these guys, everything is just this quick hitter, this quick hurry up, take the snap, throw. It's it, it, basically, it's long handoff, so to speak. You're just, you're, you're just throwing the ball out there real quick instead of dropping back, seeing the, seeing, uh, things develop in front of you, knowing for, uh, protection. And things of that nature. So, I think a true uh, form type system for young quarterbacks would help guys uh, start to make the, the transition because uh, it's just it's almost not fun to watch sometimes some of these young guys that come from college and it just doesn't translate to the NFL uh, for these guys. And I don't know how we can develop these young quarterbacks. And a lot of teams in the NFL they're going to go to 53 guys on the roster to save that roster spot for someone else. And yeah, they'll put a kid on the uh, on the practice squad, but where can you truly develop a quarterback? Um, that's a it's a great question. I would love to see another league uh, like that for young kids to develop because I think it only helps. I think it helps quarterbacks, obviously some kickers, but certainly some raw uh, wide receivers. It does help, and and the guys on the offensive defensive line, guys that are just maybe later maturing and things of that nature.
3: Yeah, there's been a lot of talk around the NFL about going global and placing a team in London, and they seem to be playing more and more games over there. Uh, you played in Frankfurt. Uh, and Germany seemed to really embrace American football. In NFL Europe's final season in 2007, five of the six teams were based in Germany. Could you see the NFL maybe one day placing a team in Germany? And do you think that they uh, would be successful?
0: I think they would be successful. The Germans, they're, um, you know, toward the end of NFL Europe, uh, they had all the teams in Germany, but it was starting to become part of that culture. You know, I don't think it'll never surpass soccer, but they have, they had little. They had TV football. They had Little League football. They had like a, a form of high school type football. So the fans were educated uh, in that regard. So I think they'd have a good understanding, and and that's the biggest thing is is getting them to understand the game. Now they do love their fans, and it's a it's a very uh, they do love their players. The fans get very wild, and they love to have a good time. You know, you hear all those whistles of soccer matches and things of that nature. Well, that's how our games were in Frankfurt, and it was a great great atmosphere, and they understood the game you know, it wasn't like they were blowing the whistles and, and things like that when when we had the ball on offense. Uh they knew when to be quiet and they knew when to get loud. So, you know, do we are is the NFL gonna be global enough that we do place a team, um, in London or we do place one somewhere in Germany. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure how that'll go over with some of the players. But I have a feeling if they're gonna pay them they'll go. So uh we'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Jake, one thing I am sure of, we're out of time, but uh, thank you so much. I know we were talking about this before you came on. We all enjoyed talking with you when you were a player, and no surprise, this was a pleasure again. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Jake. That was former NFL and NFL Europe quarterback Jake DeLome. When we return, we'll talk about the NFL Europe and if there's a place for a Spring Developmental League in today's game. you listen to the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local or toll-free number or bring your own. And if you want to see how it works, log on to grasshopper.com.